Let's take it green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. Let's take it green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. Let's take it green, you know what I mean? Yeah, everything I want and yeah, everything I need. That man said the best surprises always creep up from behind, fam. That's my Troy Aikman impression of me sliding into the screen. Well, you got to do a full slide. Like, they see you can still be seen on screen, but, I mean, you know, I get it. Welcome to another listen of the High Flyers Wrestling Podcast. Your boys are back. Oh, man. We are here with our AEW Dynamite recapping. Before we get into it, what's going on, my brother? What's happening, cabinet? I'm not going to lie. I'm still over thinking about what we just listened to before we started recording. I mean, my bo- my boy said buns of glory, buns of steel. Your ass will give away the truth. Woo, <laughs> top five intro song, and I don't care what nobody says. Debate your mama like my boy Terry likes to say. but And it ain't number five. It is definitely not. AEW Dynamite, just like always, started off with another fire match. This time it was Ricky Starks versus Darby Allin, and even before the match jumped out, who the hell was that? Darby was that Darby Allen homeboy? You know what I'm saying? Just basically calling Ricky Starts a little bitch, and then you know, Darby proceeded to come out. As yeah, far as- it, was, it was some homeboy of his rapper named JPEG Mafia. Wow. Okay. Um. Wow. All right. But as far as the match go, the match was fantastic. Ricky Starts was actually in control of the majority of this match, though, which I found. Kind of surprising. You did a good job working on Darby Allen's back and stuff like that. Yo, I don't know what springboard move that Darby was trying to go for, but Ricky Stark speared the shit out of him out of mid-air, fam. And I ain't gonna lie. I should have known that wasn't gonna be the end of the match, but for for about a good two seconds, I thought that was gonna be it right there because he speared Darby Allen so on point, fam. No, nah, I thought Dar- Darby was unconscious, fam. Because even when he pinned him, man, he looked like he had to do everything. That's one of them, them Shane McMahon coast-to-coast type spears. Or when he got speared by Roman out of the mid-air. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, then Randy had to tell his kids, nah, he good, he good. <laughs> <laughs> no, damn well he wasn't good. I'm talking about all the air had to be knocked out of Darby Allen after that. But he kicked out. He ended up getting the call for drive for the win and he gets the one, two, three. And I don't know about you, but I definitely enjoyed this opening match. And I will not be opposed to seeing more Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks in the future. But how did you feel about AEW jumping uh, off the way it did? Hey, I love, you know, anytime AEW jumps off with action. And Darby Allen is probably probably slowly but surely becoming one of my dark horse favorites in AEW. Um, he reminds me a little bit of like that Jeff Hardy from like that 2001, 2002 era mm. when he was really on on the Jeff Hardy stuff and didn't really just care and was just Doing having it extreme matches for no reason. I like that. And I guess just because we really ain't seen nobody do it that way and then not become oversaturated mm. 
and I think that's probably was my biggest fear about Darby that they was gonna overdo the the hardcore gimmick, and they didn't have to because Darby actually had skill. Right. You don't need to overdo that when somebody can't actually handle themselves in the ring. Exactly. But no, nah, I agree with you. I'm glad you finally coming over to my side of things when it comes to Darby. I don't know because you know, I, you know, I told you from jump. Yeah, that's gonna be one of my boys right there. And Ricky Starks, I mean, fantastic signing by AW. Man, that's all I gotta say about that. Just hats off. Good job picking that boy up, and I can't wait to see what y'all do with him. Whatever that quote unquote it factor that they say that a wrestler has, yeah, Ricky Starks definitely has that. Yeah. That, man, that man is fantastic. And I'm glad they had this match first because what proceeded that match was your the return of your boy, Cody. Not only was it a return of Cody, it was a return of that long-ass inches where he comes from underneath, you know, <laughs> and Dave's place, and then proceeds into, you know, his theme. So we had the return of Cody. And look, the promo was fire. I'm not even going to go through everything he said on the promo. Long story short is he accepted the match, the dog collar match, with Mr. Brody Lee, and that will take place on AEW Dynamite next week. And we thought that was going to be it. Mr. Brody Lee came out there looking like, oh, that's all I need to hear right there. And they literally brawled for like a good, what, five to six minutes? Because it started with them. Then the Dark Order came out. Then Brandy came out and hit, you know what I'm saying, a nice little little center and off the top rope. Then Anna Jay and her started beefing. And then Nyla Rose just came out of the crowd out of nowhere and started beating up people. So, First of all, if people fighting, you thought Nyla wasn't going to get in on that? I mean, that's true. But, like, I bet you as soon as it was happening, Nyla Rose was like, oh, any motherfucker come right here in front of me, I'm knocking their ass <laughs> I'm waiting. Just let anybody still foot right over here. I'm popping this barricade. Bruh. Hey, shout out to that icy green suit that Mr. Brody Lee had on. Yo, real talk, though. And I don't know look, who his tailor is, but hey, them up. I know how you feel about big-ass bras, but you can't, you can't sit this here and say work, this. though. Go this ahead. Because, I mean, here's the thing. Cody and, and Mr. Brody Lee They've been beefing. Anna J and Brandy been beefing. So the fact that Dark Arter came out and started jumping Cody, it doesn't surprise me that his wife can't comes out to help. And that doesn't surprise me that that leads to Anna J start slugging on her ass. The Queen Slayer. The only thing that was shocking was the fact that Nyla ass hot the barricade and started beating up on somebody. That's what I'm saying. That's what threw me out. I like. Well, I mean, considering that ain't the, the only time we're just going to see random people getting beat up, you know what I'm saying, at the barricade tonight. But still. I'm talking about, she just literally just punched her. All I seen was somebody pulling Brandy back, and, I, and then next thing, you know, somebody just on the ground. And Nyla Rose just hopped over there, over the barricade, like, yeah, it's my time now. Like, oh, yeah, y'all forgot about me? Wait. Speak, speaking of my time now. FTR didn't have to do, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> Jurassic Express like that. I know you loved it because, you know, you hate them, but. I don't hate them. It's just a strong disdain. FTR backstage promo basically was saying, look, Jurassic Express wasn't ready. So, you know, we did them a favor. 
Um, look, long story short, SCU first AW World Tag Team Champions. They are a legit, fantastic tag team. So in order for us to submit our legacy, we have to defeat SCU. And, you know, um, as that was going on, the great Tony Schiavone, you know, he was the one conducting the interview. And then all you see is a foot super kick. Tony Schiavone, of all people. It was two feet. Oh, my bad. You see two feet. It was so quick. I only saw one. Tony Schiavone got super kicked, and you did not see him for the rest of the episode of Dr. I've rewinded back up because I'm a tad bit of a hoe and I wanted to laugh. Oh, man. And it was two different Jordans. That's the only reason I knew it was, it was two feet. Ah, okay. Got you. But either way it go, though, you should have knew that it was going to be doing something, though, because, I mean, even before Dynamite, you know, Matt tweeted Tony Khan. was like, hey, man, the check I already in the mail, fam. So that's what I already let you know that it was about to be doing something. I mean, I'm not going to say Tony asked for it, but you shouldn't have spoke their name, man. Yeah, this ain't have nothing to do with the Young Bucks. They were talking about Jurassic Express, SCU, and, and SCU. Yeah, I was about to say disrespecting the best friends and SCU. You know what I'm saying? But look, Tony Giovanni got super kicked. That's the OG. That's the legend. One of the phase. But that was funny as hell. The only thing that would have been funny is like the microphone would have just flew up in the air and then one of them would have caught it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't really have too much to say about this besides that the match was fantastic, but we had SCU versus FTR for those AEW World Tag Team Championships. And look, man, like I said, the match was fantastic. AEW arguably has the best tag team division in wrestling right now, and this is the reason why. It was fun to see Scorpio Sky and Kazarian, you know what I'm saying, tag up again because, you know, Scorpio Sky has been kind of on his solo run a little bit lately, but like I said, this is this is my question about the match though. So Daniels got ejected, but you let Tully old ass stay out of the ringside. Tully wasn't doing nothing that he could see. If you can, if he don't see it, he can't call it. Look, man, they got like the same three or four referees on AEW. You know, Tully at ringside gonna be doing something. Just yeah. I don't just see like, it. I can't call it. Just be like, nah, fam, you got to go. Speaking of Tully. He is the main reason, well, actually, he is the reason why FTR ended up retaining the tag team titles because your boy Scorpio Sky was going for a suplex on, I think it was Cash, and totally pulled the old school veteran move, you know, pulled, tripped Scorpio Sky up, you know, Cash landing on him, he held his foot down. I mean, and- that had a hold of Tully, of Tully, though, so it was like a collaborative effort. Touche. It was a collaborative effort when for FTR, and they are still your AEW Tag Team Champions. Like I said, I mean, at this point, when it comes to their tag team matches, not even just FTR, but just AEW for the most part, fantastic. That's really the only word that I can say. And I will argue that TNA's Impact's Tag Team Division is probably on par with AEW's. I'll give you that. Especially with all the recent acquisitions. But our boy Hangman was on commentary during this match. Very unprepared, as the nameplate uh, informed us. And post-match, the interesting part is the fact that they announced that there's going to be an eight-man single elimination tournament to determine 
the number one contender for the AEW World Championship. And the finals will be taking place at full gear. The first three people for said tournament are Ray Phoenix, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, <laughs> and Kenny Omega, which at this point pissed off Hangman Adam Page, and he proceeded to leave commentary with his glass of whiskey. Hey, shout out to Taz, though. Like, come on, man. You can't just spring no news like that up on him. You know, you got to give him a warning. <laughs> so it looks like we will probably be getting Hangman versus Kenny at full gear. And Kenny will go on to beat Hangman, and then he'll end up being the one to dethrone John Moxley, and then we will have the cleaner as your new AEW World Heavyweight Champion. I'm already calling it right now. I can't speak anything against it because the jinx has spoken. <laughs> You know what I need? I need to go back and find a compilation of all the shit that I didn't said hypothetically that it ended up happening. As long as you started off with the the blood money old bird, I'm never gonna let you live that one down. We can be 80 years old, and I'm gonna bring that ish up. I mean, like, let me got... tell you about your grandpappy and how he taught <laughs> us to have Goldberg as Universal Champion in 2020. He started the foolishness. And this is before he even like was even thought about like <laughs> Woo, good times, good times, good times. But I'm down with Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega for the number one contender spot for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So there you go. Look, man, you can say what you want to about Chris Jericho, his his old man body now, or whatever you want to say, but He's done a very good job of getting, you know, getting these younger talents over on AEW television. So, oh, go ahead, say what you want. You like, you got something to say? Has he though? I mean, it ain't like you was. Was you really expecting Isaiah Cassidy to win though? Of course not. And tell you can't sit here and act like he didn't make Isaiah look strong the whole match for the most part. He made him look good. I won't say he made him look strong. Considering that was like his first kind of singles go round, yeah, he he looked pretty strong to me. Anyway, it go. The, the match was cool. Cassie got a lot of offense in. He did a good job at dictating the pace for the most part of the match. But just like with a lot of AEW wrestlers, he got a little bit springboard happy, and his ass springboarded right into a Judas effect. And Chris Jericho gets the one, two, three. <laughs> Bro, why did the inner circle slide in the ring so fast and start stomping? <laughs> I said Cassidy after the match, bro. I'm talking about they slid in so what quick. What you expect when the man hit Jericho with his own line salt and cold breaker? I mean, look, he was showing out. I'll give you that. He, he, he also showed his his 23-year-old age, too, you know, when it, when it comes to certain wrestling mistakes. But, hey. Yeah, and, and- – that's why I won't say he made him look strong. He made him look good because you could tell that this was one of his first singles matches on the big stage because boys let that, that excitement get to him a little bit too much. I can see that. And the veteran in Jericho should have told him way sooner than he did, hey, kid, slow down, breathe. Right. Cause you can tell when Jericho told him to, because that's when things started to move a whole lot more smoother. Touche. All of that. 
what followed oh just real quick before oh. I move on now. Speaking of of, of post match, you almost forgot the, the other people who got beat up at ringside. I was actually about to get to that. So earlier when I said that, you know, uh, that wasn't the first time people over the barricade will be out there fighting. So Jericho and Hager are leaving the ring. And then all of a sudden Jericho just take a swing at Luther <laughs> and Hager start beating up Serpent. <laughs> and then they just started fighting all of a sudden. So I think they announced that they will be like a tag match next week. But I'm just like, damn. So basically, stand that bur- standing by the barricade and ringside at AEW, you might as well just be prepared to throw hands because anything can literally happen. Speaking of anything happening, since these are both, since these are all your boys involved, MJF, not, not Hager, but well, you, for the for the majority, MJF in a circle in the locker room, tell the fine people what happened. So, the rightful AEW World Champion, <clears throat> MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, he, you know, decides to bring the Inner Circle gifts, and everybody got a jacket, except for the Spanish God himself, Spanish Sammy Guevara. And, you know, he said it wasn't intentional, but... It probably was. It was. <laughs> so Sammy asks him what the hell he's doing, and you know, MJF just tells him that he's there to congratulate Jericho on the win. Jericho asks MJF if he wants to join it in the circle. MJF asks Jericho if he wants him to join, and they do the Bugs Bunny thing back and forth, you know, like it's duck season, rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season, rabbit season, duck season, fire. And then, you know, he's in the business. But, go ahead. Oh, no, I was say that is a long time, bro. 30 years, fam. I mean, straight. I mean, he done had a few breaks for, you know, his musical career, yeah. but straight. It ain't- it ain't been like no multiple year breaks, you know what I'm saying? Like being out of rest. And so, yeah, that's definitely how hats out to Jericho for that. So, and for the most part, really with one company. Yeah, real talk. He waited so, his latter years to be like, all right, I'm going to go somewhere else. So, that should also let you know something. As MJF gets ready to leave, you know, Sammy gets ready to call him a loser, but Jericho's like, Nah, nah, maybe, just maybe, he's not. And I mean, I don't know where they're going with this, but I'm loving it. Anything with MJF on my TV, I'm here for. So my question to you is, do you see like a possible The Rock, Farouk Nation of Domination situation happening to where like MJF joins the inner circle and he like kind of finds a way to like, end up being the leader of the inner circle by kicking Jericho out. I'll be okay with that. And then Jericho ends up becoming a baby face. I mean, people sing his theme song anyway, so it wouldn't be too far-fetched to think about that. I'm okay with that. The key thing would be Sammy, though. I wonder, because they already kind of like starting out. Ooh. Now, I don't see the MJF replacing Sammy situation happening. 
What do you think is more likely to happen? He replaces Sammy or he replaces Jericho as a leader? MJF is more of a leader than the follower. So even if he replaces Sammy, it would only be temporarily. That's true. The main event of the evening. Before I get there, anything you want to say about your doctor returning? <clears throat> My doctor. Our doctor. Good <laughs> doctor, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, is back. Um, she beat uh, Ember Moon Light named Red Velvet. Stir it up. Um, yeah. That's all I got to say about that. I'm not going to speak about the, the botch at the end. She got pyro now. Surprising pyro, apparently. Yeah. So, the main event of the evening saw your AEW World Heavyweight Champion, John Moxley. I'm not going to say it like Justin Roberts because it sounds like it hurts. Took on an opponent of your boy, Eddie's choosing and. And what was not to be expected, because if anybody said they saw this coming, they can kiss my ass, because I know they lied. We had John Moxley versus The Butcher. And a surprisingly decent main event. I mean, that's what it was, it was a solid main event. You know, your champion finished strong. You know, he retained his title. The show goes off the air. So I didn't have no problem with that. I do like the fact that, though, they do kind of switch it up, though. Like, like I said, The Butcher. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you in a title match. But it looks like this feud ain't going to nowhere gonna be over no time soon, though. So it is going to be interesting to see how this works out. So, yeah. Thoughts on the main event and final thoughts on AEW Dynamite this week, sir? I mean, I like the Bulldog choke. Um, yeah, but nice. Main event was kind of some mid, but it's the Butcher, so it was kind of expected. But, hey, it is what it is. Um... I'm gonna need for them to go ahead and move to this Eddie Kingston feud fully, because it's about this far from being over this John Moxley reign. I mean, you've been over the John Moxley reign, so I mean that's that's. I mean, it's still it's still it's still I can still put up with it right now. It ain't how it was a few few months ago when I was calling for the major reset of all the belts in, in Impact. Yeah, but that was more that made more sense though. Yeah, and when I was calling for them to take the bet off of Nala Rose because she wasn't doing nothing with it, that also made more sense though. So I'm just saying, like, like I said, Kenny Omega. If anything, Moss probably lose a belt. You know what I'm saying to Kenny Omega because I I just see Kenny Omega winning this tournament. Like I don't see nobody else besides him winning. I don't, I got I don't. a handyman, and it's just me, but hear me up before I take this home. John Moxley is the weakest member of the Shield. Post-Shield. Simply because, one, Roman was force-fed to us, right? Mm-hmm. So he was given that spotlight and he handled himself accordingly. Seth put in the work. Dean, he just kind of been floating around in obscurity. 
Yeah, but they also gave Seth and Roman way much more to work with than they did with Dean, in my opinion, though. So, I mean, I feel you on that, but I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm taking his AEW work into account, too. I have no issue with his AEW work. Like I said, I mean, that's you. I mean, between his New Japan and his AEW work, I don't I don't really see how you can say that. But like I said, to each his own. New Japan, fine. AEW, the only match I still can say I remember is the one versus Kenny Omega. I mean, like I said, that's fine. That's you. But I don't share that opinion. So I feel you, though. Moxley's always going to be mid to me. It is what it is. As always, you can find us by going directly to highflyerspodcast.com, anywhere you get your podcasts, be it Spreaker, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple Music, by searching Hot Flyers Podcast, on Facebook and our YouTube at High Flyers Podcast, and on Twitter at Podcast Flyers, down Twitter at Freshly Snipes 21, and my, <laughs> my Twitter at underscore Bobby Digital. And until next time, Rascal Way, Too Sweet, Black Lives Matter, Top Guys Out.